Well, good morning. Glad to see you here. And what we're going to do first is go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. God, you know what's on that page. You know what's on my papers. You put them there. So, Father, I pray, Father, let everything come out of my mouth that you would have to come out. God, I pray for this congregation of believers here today, God, that, uh, Father, we are a family. We are a family, Lord, and we're going to spend eternity together. So, Father, I pray, Father, bless this congregation from the saved to the lost, from the old to the young. So, guide and direct us today. Let there be a shout in the camp for how great our Savior is, Jesus Christ. And, God, give us the words to say, and let us have one communion, one fellowship, one spirit. And, Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. It just it does so much, Father, for us. We, only eternity will tell. So, thank you again, God. Come, with Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Genesis, that's where we'll start this morning. Got a little bit of an infomercial going on here. So, looking for a ministry. Want to see souls saved? Maybe you'll have a hard time outward witnessing to one another. Maybe you're that, just that person that just doesn't have that bold personality. Looking for just something right, something, something to give some, you got a little spare time. You want to make a difference in someone's life. I have the answer. <laughs> Become a bus driver. <laughs> What's that? Think it through. What are you doing anyway? A lot of times, it's your time. Well, I'm watching TV. I'm, you're exercising, not. Um, but here's the neat thing, bus drivers. You get to take that bus, that nice white bus that we bought and put new tires on, very nice, and you pull up and you see these little kids uh, come and, and get on that bus, and they got a sort of a, a stoic frown to their face. They come to the church and they learn about Jesus Christ, and some of them get saved, and, but when they go off the bus that day, they have a smile. They have something to take home to their family because there was a bus driver. It didn't happen. It happened because you got them there safely and you drove the bus. And see, God said this. He said, as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. There's an unwanted children out there. There's no spiritual influence. I pray to God and wish my neighbor and my family and my neighborhood would have had a bus. Bus workers can't do their jobs without bus drivers. Man, it might, uh, uh, Mr. Andreessen, are you here today? I think he's at the gun show. Is he here? If you want to be a bus driver, you go see Mr. Andreessen. We'll get you, we'll pay all the costs. We'll get you certified, we'll get you in a bus. And he'll work with you and help you. Because I'm telling you this, we need bus drivers. And the bus ministry can't go any further until we have a few bus drivers. And if you want to spice up your life, and make a difference in a young person's life, become a bus driver. Yeah, we didn't want to hear that this morning again, <laughs> but that's good. The Bible says this in Romans 16, 19. It says, for your obedience has come abroad to all men. I will be glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I have you to be wise unto that which is good and simple, which that is concerned evil. Infomercial's over. True question. How many of you men out there speed? Raise your hand. <laughs> Come on. You're in church. 
You can't lie in church. Bob, you got to raise your hand. People speak. I mean, thank you, Brother Han. Jason, are you fit? Where'd you? Yeah, he's, yeah. Every guy speeds. And you say to yourself, what is it about speeding? Why do I have to go? And if it's 65, go 68. Right? And if it's 75, 70, go 74. And if you're going 80, I mean 80 miles an hour, I wonder if you can go 84 before they pull you over. What is that magic number? Everybody ask, please, what is that magic number? What can I get away with and still speed because I need those four miles an hour? I need it. I can't live without it. Here's why. Speed limits save lives. Just the other day, which happens every day when I go into Boise to one of my fine eating establishments, i got to get on the freeway, and I'm going to be honest, I'm probably, probably driving 68 to 69 miles an hour, myself. But low to my left comes a car that looks like a mom's car, and it's going 90 to 100 miles an hour every time. And there's going my, like I'm standing still. And I look and see who's driving it. It's some young kid down in the seat like this. That's why you need policemen. That's why you need speed limits. Because those people are going to kill you. Well, I never did. I did. <laughs> First date, me and my wife went 135 miles an hour in my Z28. She didn't scream, and I said, you're the Marion type. Let's go. <laughs> and that was on Franklin Road, okay? That wasn't like no freeway stuff. But remember this, when it was, who can remember Stay Alive 55 in those days? Come on, Brother Bollinger, you can definitely remember that, can't you? Well, when you slow down to 55 now, you think, you know, I think I could run that fast. And you're thinking, I can't believe it, we got to go 55 miles an hour. We'll never get there. It's in us. It's in us to break the law. It's in us to just do that. We can't live by the laws. Here's something. What in the world did they come up with yellow lights for? <laughs> you know what yellow light means? Nothing. <laughs> a yellow light means nothing. It says go fast. A red light now means you get two free passes. <laughs> I seen a bus the other day go through a yellow light and a red light, a school bus. Whoa! And I thought, what a lawless society. Or the people with the yellow light were all going to in the intersection where there's six cars in a yellow. Well, it's red, and they just sit there going, sorry. And I'm like, me no like you. So I burn out. My wife goes, you're not special, Kendall. Me no like you. So red lights mean nothing. Green lights mean nothing. People are lawless. They love breaking the rules. Genesis 2. Genesis 2. We'll go through, to, uh, turn to a few verses this morning. Get my little point across. Yeah, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. I am a speeder. But I will tell you this. Some people, when you get a ticket, here's what you think about the police officer. I don't know why you're writing me a ticket. Huh, me. Why aren't you out there solving some of these crimes in the neighborhoods? Well, in Meridian, there's very few crimes, believe me. And you should be solving these crimes instead of writing me a speed ticket for breaking the speed limit. If those policemen aren't out there on the freeway, that young person that I just talked about would even go faster. So pray for your police officers. They don't 
have a great job, they don't get a lot of money, and they get a lot of flack. Be nice to them. Okay. Genesis 2.16. And God commanded man, saying, Out of every tree of the garden thou shalt freely eat. Okay. I don't know if you guys... I've tried to limit myself to buffets because I have an eating problem. And I try to stay away from buffets for many reasons because I eat too much food. And then I feel good, awful for the next three hours and I think, man, I'm starved again. <laughs> What's going on in my life? So I try to stay away, but it says, out of the commandments, God said, you, out of every tree you can freely eat. You can eat as much as you want whenever you want. Let's ask yourself, if you had one rule, I wonder how we would do do whatever, eat whatever, run around. Oh, you know, they're running, I know there's kids in here, but in the garden eating, they're running around naked, okay? And they had one rule. One rule. Oh, my. But look at verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of the good of evil, or thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat of it thereof, thou shalt surely die. One verse, one rule, one death. Sadly, it was broken. I have... Uh, in our house, we have a big pantry, and Grandma spends half the kids' inheritance stocking that pantry. Um, Daisy and Daphne would come over. They're sweet little girls. They get their little uh, 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 plastic thing, and they go through Grandma's pantry, and they shop. They go out with tons of stuff. I mean, it's like a store. But I have another grandson named Ridge. When he comes over, he doesn't fill a bag. He just opens and puts in his mouth. And we've been saying, well, now, he come to my wife the other day, he goes, she says, Ridge, you really, because he's on his third candy bar, right? Uh, Ridge, you really need to ask if you can have that. And he says, I just did. <laughs> it's in everybody, and he just turned three. He's like one of those guys, and when you, and when you say no, he f- drops on the floor like he's going through some kind of drug treatment program. <laughs> I mean, he loses on me for five minutes. I'm going, <laughs> hey, whatever. And he just can't get past it. One rule. The Bible says, the heart is deceitfully above all things, a desperately wicked who can know it. In Genesis 6, we won't go there, but God told Noah to build an ark. Noah didn't build (laughs) what I would build, a pontoon boat, (laughs) Uh, very poorly. He didn't build a canoe or a speedboat or or a big ferry boat. He built an ark. His task was huge. His task was long. His task was rigorous, but yet he did it. He did it. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Another person who did what God said... Genesis 22.1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And he said unto him, Abraham, he said, Behold, here am I. God tries to get our attention in life. And sadly, he does that sometimes by bringing things into our lives. If everything was a skippity doodah day, I don't know if we would really need the Lord. But in Genesis 22.2, it said, And he said, Take thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and to get into the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt offering upon of the mountain which I will tell thee. And you know the crazy part he did? 
I don't believe he asked his wife. I said this before because his wife would say, you're going to what? You're going to what? He did it. And it says in Genesis 22, 11, if you look at it, he took his son, he did what God said, he got the provisions, he took off to the mountain. He, he was obeying what God told him to do. Just as Noah obeyed what God told him to do. In Genesis 22, 11, and it says, And the Lord God called him un, unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. See, there's something about walking with God that we all that I need to be more in tune with, and we all need to. Here am I, Lord. Hear when he talks. And in 22.12, he said, Lay not thy hand upon thy lad. Need I do anything unto him, for I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withdrawn, withheld thy son, thine only son from me. See, God wants our attention. God puts things in our life. In our family recently, we have went through some serious things in our family that we've never had to go through in our life. And God gets your attention about many things. We don't live in a life of... Uh, we live in Sodom and Gomorrah more than the land of Goshen anymore. We live in things that come our way that we, we have to discern whether God wants us to uh, in, in, engulf in it, tackle it, or stay away from it. Being simple, conserving evil. And wise under the good things. And he did what he was told to do. And that's a big thing. And God's not going to tell you to go sacrifice your son. I get that. But this next gentleman we're going to talk about, I was reading it and I was thinking about it. And I thought, wow, what a good guy. What a good man. What a good man. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 1, 19. Start in 18. Matthew 1, 18. And this guy here, I'm going to read this out for you. And you might not think it's a big deal, but anybody who has been married will think it's a big deal. In Matthew 1, 18, the Bible says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. The next verse we'll read here in a minute, but could you imagine there in that time, in that frame, Mary, God, God told Mary, you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost and you're going to have the Savior of the world. And you know, what was she going to do about it? But just accept it. And she got pregnant and her husband, she knew she was going to get married and, and, and she knew she's going to have to tell her husband, hey, I'm pregnant with the Holy Ghost. Well, that's never happened, ever. Put yourself in Mary's shoes and Joseph and, and saying, honey, I, I know that, because he didn't get revealed till a little bit later. I know you're not going to believe this, honey, but this really happened. And when things come our way, like Mary pondered those things about it, and Joseph's going to ponder those things, sometimes you need to step back and ponder what's before you. A wise man, think about what's being representative or being discussed with you so you can sort it out before you respond. Look at verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, says he's a good guy. I mean, good guys still do bad things. Not willing to make her public example, but was minded to put her away. He was thinking, you know, I'm going to get rid of this gal. She's not faithful right out of the gate. 
I, I, I love her, but I don't know what to do. Sometimes when God says, wait upon the Lord, so he had to wait upon the Lord and trust that, that, that time of not knowing what to say or not knowing what to do or not knowing how to proceed. And when I say that, what, what the answer is, proceed doing nothing. Don't make a mess. How many times in our life have we just heard something and we had to make it right? Had to go out and let our thoughts be known. That's why with social media, you got to refrain yourself from what you're thinking. Because once it's out there, it's out there. You wouldn't be putting people, because I don't have social media. My wife has Instagram, that's it. People come, hey brother, look what they said. <laughs> I don't care. Because you don't want to know why? God's seen it. And it's none of my business. It's just none of my business. What people say. Look here, next verse, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not, take, not to take unto Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God told Joseph, okay, here's what's going on. I need you to, I need you to maintain. I need you to pay attention, Joseph. I need you to be the father, and the, I mean the husband of that wife, and I know you don't know what's going on, and, and I got a verse to share with you at the very end of my message that is my verse, and I read this to myself almost weekly or not daily because there's things that come down your path that do not seem normal. There's things that come down your path, and you think, where did that come from? And there's things that come down your path, you go, I don't really think that's right, but you've got to hold your peace. Hold your peace. And it says in 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall be to save his people from their sins. Now this was done, that he might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, and being interpreted God with us. And Joseph risen up from asleep as the angel of the Lord had bid him and took his wife. Took him his wife. Verse 25. And he knew her not till she had brought forth Jesus, brought forth, brought forth her son and called his name Jesus. Now to keep this PG, he knew her not for at least 11 months. Think about that, guys. For a minute. No wedding night. No big party. No anticipation. But believing God and ministering to that wonderful lady. Now that good man. I think about today. I think about what God's word does for a man and what he does for a woman. To be honest with you, uh, the word of God has done for me it makes you a better man. And for a woman, it makes you a better woman. But you think about this guy that had to be put up with this. No wedding, no big deal for 11 months. He's a man. The pressure was hard. But he obeyed the Lord. And the result is the Son of God. Sometimes when you're going through something that you really don't want to go through. 
something that you don't feel that's probably your fault, well, you got to deal with it. Can't run from it, can't hide from it. You know what you do? You embrace it. You see what God has to say about it. The Son of God, the reason we're here today, the reason we have a bus ministry, the reason we have Sunday school, the reason we have Master Club, the reason for everything. Peter obeyed the Lord and he walked on water. Uh, you don't think that's a big deal. We're going to go up to the lake for a bit and I'm going to invite any one of my kids to walk out on the water. <laughs> Not my grandkids, my kids. <laughs> Why don't you just go walk on that water and see how far you get? He obeyed the Lord. And only when he got fearful did he start to sink. And you see, every one of our lives, we have issues. We have wives. We have children. We have a job. We have friends. We have church members. We have anything in your life. And in that world that you're living in, God wants you to do something for him. Every one of you have something to do for God. Not just the preacher, not the deacons, not the Sunday school teachers. Every one of you have something God wants you to do. You are unique. You have a relationship with God. And I'll show you in a minute. And he wants you to do something just for you. And the crazy thing is, it's your cross. It's your burden. It's where you're at right now. And he's the only one that understands. Anybody come to you and start telling your problems? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to, I was not feeling real bad, great last night. And I came up to Bob at prayer meeting. I said, Bob, how are you doing? Well, first of all, he's way older than me. And <laughs> he started telling me how, how he's not feeling very well. And I thought, wow, Kendall. <laughs> so any of you guys want to feel better, just go talk to Bob. <laughs> Unless you're older and worse than he is. But I'm telling you, I thought, Kendall. Thank God. He taught me how to vision and all this stuff. And I thought, I have no problems other than overeating. And that's not a problem. It's self-induced. So Joseph did what God asked him to do for 11 months. He's a good man. Boy, I, <laughs> when he gets to heaven. And Joseph never did anything great other than just be a good dad and good husband. Look in your Bibles to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. 39. And I'm saying this because even our Lord did what he was told. I mean, there's nothing better when you're a father or a mother and you say to your son or your daughter and you say, hey, could you go do this? I go... No problem, Dad or Mom. Thanks for being Dad and Mom. Walking out the door. You think, okay, what happened? What did we have my kid? Or take out the trash. And we've heard that before. And they forget when it's 100 degrees out. And you've got to live with it for next week. But when your kid does something and you tell them to do it, it's just so rewarding. Because they don't give you any flack. Matthew 26, 39. And it says, nah, let's go up. 38. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. We will tarry here and watch with me. He asked him to come and pray. And 39, and he went a little further and he fell on his face, praying, saying, Now, this is the Lord Jesus Christ falling on his face. My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass before me. Nevertheless, 
not as I will, but thine will. The Lord and Savior knew what was coming his way. He knew what was coming his way, and he knew what was going to happen, but he still cried out to his father and said, Lord, if there's any way, please let this pass. I know what's going to happen. I don't want to do this, God, but not the, nevertheless, not thine will, but my will. Not my will, but thine will be done. Verse 40. And he cometh to the disciples and finding them asleep and saying unto Peter, well, What would that cannot watch with me an hour? Verse 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. 26.42 And he went away again the second time, praying, saying, O Father, if this cup may pass away from me, except I drink of it, it will be done. He said two second time, he said, Lord, I, I just don't want this to happen. I, I need your help. I, I don't want to do it, but I will do it. But I know it's going to be no fun. And I, and I know how hard it is. And it's just something I don't want to do. How many of you don't want to do something? <laughs> how many of you do something and don't want to do something? Uh, when you get older in life, you think uh, when you have grandkids and kids and you get older and you lose some energy, well, you find yourself a servant to your kids and grandkids. Let me be a... <laughs> People say, oh, when I get older, I'm just going to go. I, you know what? I know that's why people moved to Arizona. <laughs> get away from their family i'm telling you right now <laughs> not that they're not a blessing but they have all this stupid energy and expect you to have the same <laughs> hey man i'm coming over eight o'clock want to get something to eat who eats at eight o'clock i'm going to bed at nine so we're eating wingers at eight o'clock with fries and fry sauce and and Oh, well, 7 o'clock, then I would pray. I mean, who eats that late at night if you're old? You don't. But, oh, they're all excited about it. And then they leave at 9.30 or 10. Like you're going, oh, no, please stay, please stay. Oh, please. Oh, and then the house is a mess. you got to pick up the house. And then me and my wife are looking at each other like, what happened? <laughs> is this normal? <laughs> Here comes another family. Here they are. And you know what? It is a blessing. Love them. Can't go on trips with them all the time. Have the greatest thing in the world. But it still comes down to sometimes you don't want to do something for someone else. Joseph was the perfect example. Noah was a perfect example. Abraham. And then you talk about Jesus Christ, a perfect example of saying, I don't want to do this, Lord. In verse 43, and they came to him and found him asleep, and their eyes were heavy. That's exactly how it is. And verse 44, it says this, and he left them, and he went away again, and prayed into the third time, saying the same words. You know, if he had happened to him, boy, it surely is going to happen to us. It's surely going to happen to us. Verse 25, I mean, 40, 45, and it says, And cometh the disciples and said to them, Sleep now, take thy rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man shall be betrayed in the hands of sinners. 46, Rise and let us go. And behold, he is at hand to betray me. And here we go. Verse 47. <laughs> Here's where the brethren show up. And I say that because it can happen. The self-righteous. And the angry. 
In verse 47, while he had spoke, Judas, one of the twelve, came with him a great multitude and swords and staves from the chief priests to the elders of the people. You know, a lot of times you may have struggles in your life, and it may not be struggles with the lost world, because the lost world, I expect what they do. But when the brethren rub you wrong, what you do is you just pray for them. When the brethren rub you wrong, you just ask for forgiveness and and pray for them and be kind to them. Because they're going to do something wrong to you every time. They're going to say something stupid. Because who hasn't said something stupid? Here they come. Angry, self-righteous. Don't, and I'll say this, don't let other Christians. I'm not saying anybody in particular at all. Christians from other faith. Don't let Christians stop you from doing something great for God. Remember God said about he who compares himself amongst himself is unwise. Who cares what anybody is doing? Who cares? You know, I go back to that bus driving thing. Let's say you drive, I don't know, guys drove bus for years. And let's say in your bus realm, 15 people get saved. I wonder when you get to heaven, God doesn't line those 15 people up. <laughs> and there you are. Well, you'll probably be there before them. But when they get there, the 15 souls, because you drove that bus. I see a friend in this congregation today that grew up here. I just see him. He grew up as a little boy. Now he's in his. He's here. You know, turning your Bibles to Matthew 4. And I'll let you out early. And when I say this, about all this, what I've been talking about, about doing things that God working in your life and being a part of your life, and no, I'm not trying to chastise you to be a bus driver, but if there's a bus driver out there, it'd be wonderful. I'll look at Matthew 4.1. I was thinking about this in my office earlier. In Matthew 4.1, it says that when Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, you don't think he knew what was going to happen? He let the Spirit of God. Now, he's God. I know he was a man, but he was God. He let the Spirit of God lead him into the wilderness, knowing he's going to have to not eat for 40 days and 40 nights, which only with the presence of God could that even happen. And I was thinking about his fellowship with God and how they fellowship for 40 days and 40 nights, but still his, his body was a hungered and thirst, and his body was probably that close from death. And then after the 40 days and 40 nights, when he's just the, the, the weakest as possible and just barely can walk, here shows the devil to tempt him. That happens so much in our life. Because I will say this, when you're tired and frustrated and bewildered and just wore out, someone's on the phone for you, Dad. <laughs> or so-and-so wants to talk to you. And you're like, really? It's no difference in your life also. When you're down and you're tired and you're bewildered, something will come at you. Bam! 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 When you're weak, you're strong. That's why you use that word of God and you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But the neat thing in this whole thing is at the end, it says that the angels came and ministered to them. That will be our story one day. It'll all be over. We'll be there with the angels ministering to us. Being there where we should be. And here's my verse. Turn your Bible to 1 Peter. Here's my verse. And I say this a lot because not only do we live in a lawless society, not only are things changing, 
But I got to admit, be careful. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, it's the rule of darkness in high, in high places. It says this in 1 Peter 4.12. This is my verse. Beloved, think it not strange concerning fiery trials. Okay? Fiery trials come. If you have a wife and kids, or you're a single man, or a single lady, fiery trials will come if you're going to come to church, work, uh, try to live for God, do anything for God. Fiery trials are coming. Which will try you. It says, which is to try you. As, some, as though some strange thing happened unto you. And I got to admit, at the end of the day, when you're sitting there trying to figure out, have you ever said to yourself, just what happened? How did this happen? If you have kids, and they get to be older kids, <laughs> have you ever had one of them tell you off? <laughs> Your older adults telling you off. Yeah, it happens. They've done it. And I sit there and just laugh on the inside. Keep it up. The inheritance is not going to be there. <laughs> they just want to vent and frustrate because of something, and they want to give you a piece of your mind, their mind. And you just think, wow, that's strange. I thought I was a good father. Well, they were just upset at the time. And then they call back and say, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I know. But things happen in lives, guys. And you just got to say, think it not strange. And it's all because that devil's out there running around trying to get involved with Christians' lives, trying to ruin families, trying to get people to divorce one another, trying to think people's better than another, trying to get you to run away from your family, kids run away from your parents. And he's just trying to disrupt the sanctity of God and a family and a marriage. If you know anybody that's married, you should pray for them. Pray for their marriage. Pray for a, a mother and a father. This book, this word, these words, these stories, this book should want you to be, want you to be a better husband, want you to be a better wife. The older you get, you do start to realize, I've done some stupid things to my wife, to my kids, to my friends. I just hope they have the grace to forgive. God has something going on in every one of our lives. And everybody's different. I could tell you what's going on in my life. But it's just for me. And he's saying, I really would like you to do this, Ken. Or go there. Or be this. I'm not going to make you. But I would like you to do it. And there's that struggle with that Holy Spirit and that Bible and that prayer life of, like, do I do it? Many, many years ago, um, we were young, married. I think we had three kids at the time. And, and I worked six days a week, and I had a youth department. And I, didn't want, and I, never, went to, I never went to prayer meeting, okay? I just thought, I don't have any time to go to prayer meeting. And back then, prayer meeting was from 8 to 9, which wasn't too long. And my wife just, <laughs> go to prayer meeting, go to prayer meeting, go to prayer meeting. Why? Don't you like me? Go to prayer meeting, go to prayer meeting. Well, the first time I went to prayer meeting, here's what happened. I was driving prayer meeting. And I come across Cloverdale, and there's a canal. Well, there's a car upside down in that canal. And there's one guy there, and there was a lady trapped inside, and it was going to, because the current, it was going to flow. So I stopped my car. I jumped in. I, I grabbed the car. So me and this guy was holding this car, and the current was pulling it under, and she was trapped underneath because it was rolled underneath, and she could barely breathe. 
I thought, she's going to die because I don't know what to do. I'm a young man, got some strength. That's about it. We was there for five minutes. And we didn't know what to do. And this cop came and he pulled and he jumped. And I go, a cop's here. He, he'll, he'll know what to do. And the guy goes, what does he can do that we can't do? A lot. He reached in <laughs> and he undid the seat, which went to go forward. And she got out and she lived. If I wouldn't have went to prayer meeting, that car would have went down. Because there was just one guy that thought he was strong holding that car. And I got back with the greatest story. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, yeah, there's something for every one of you to do somewhere, and only he knows what it is. So if you're struggling, if you're saved, you probably are. Trying to do something for God and live for God and do the right thing and be a good man or be a good lady. Be a good teenager. Be a good junior hire. Be a good kid. Well, the struggle's never going to stop. But the neat thing is, God's right there alongside of you. The whole way. All you got to do is believe it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I don't know what's going on in young folks' life, but Father, they may realize that God wants them to do something for them or to, uh, to be a part of his life or to trust him or, or God, just have you there. God, please, help us. Jesus works 24 hours a day. He's always there. Help us to be as Abraham. Help us to be as Joseph, Noah, and most of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please turn your Bibles. 385. <coughs> 385. Trust and obey. <coughs> When we walk with the Lord and the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and Trust and obey, not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Oh
Thank you very much. Thank you for being here today. God bless.